0: Forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And
1: hey, everybody else.
0: And welcome to our podcast. Scary stories to tell, to tell on the, the pod. pod.
1: It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about. It is 10% scary. It is 90% uh, nervous laughter. It's a lot <laughs> like um, the vibe is a sleepover when the mom walks in and you don't know whether she's just groggy or whether she's taken like a, a mysterious pill, you know?
0: Yeah, not everyone's mom um only drinks a little bit and gets drunk a few times a year. Some people's moms operate on a different level. <laughs> and that is the sort of feeling where you're like, is this funny or am I scared?
1: <laughs> is everything safe? Yeah. Um, Anna, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Um, yeah, just driving around, sort of doing social distance apartment hunting,
1: <laughs> oh. which
0: feels like a, a a scare.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, What a challenge to try to navigate.
0: It's fine. I think it's better than normal um, apartment hunting in New York. It just, just like It's I <laughs> yeah. will never forget when I found somewhere that was like $500 outside of my price range, had one fewer bedroom than advertised. And on the fire, <laughs> fire escape was a uh, metal baseball bat covered in like a rust colored
1: liquid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like this. And you're like, this is a steal. If I don't get this, I'm going to live in a fridge.
0: And they're like, this actually is already taken, but you're already here. So I guess I'm just showing you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was better
1: than that. It was yeah. a lot of like peaking. Yeah, it's, I think that's like uh, LA, the people often say that the housing market, it's that everything costs the same, but you're getting a little bit more for your buck because there's no culture. Yeah, it's like correct. that's the trade off.
0: That's correct. Um, um, how are you? Oh, doing
1: fine. I mean, staying on. Don't do not don't, don't, do don't, do don't, do don't, do do don't, do do
0: don't, do do
1: um, uh, we're doing fine. Um, last night I was like, I'm really going to get to bed at an appropriate time. And then I thought of a very dumb idea, uh, to make a video at like one in the morning. And then Chris and I worked together on it and then we went to bed at 5am. So all listeners, good decisions. Listeners,
0: please hightail it over to Andrew's <laughs> Instagram page and find yourself a music video for Wendy by the association. Yeah. It's very good. It features Andrew's really underrated, not underrated. That makes it sound like a negative. Just like under underknown about uh, I, drawing skills.
1: Thank you, Anna. I I think my uh aesthetic as a as a visual artist is um talented child. You know? No. Like I think you'd see it and be like, that kid one I day. Know. <laughs>
0: Andrew, believe me, I know what you're talking about. And you wish that were the level of talent you had. It's so much that you have to do something with it. It's like being seven foot tall and not playing basketball. (laughs) You're going to have to. Um, Well, that's very kind. And it really, to me, just shows off your storytelling abilities. Like (laughs) the scariest thing happens off camera. And then it goes back to sort of like a normal... (laughs) <laughs> and a normal status quo at the end, when I have you to know get, that it's not normal.
1: I have to give a lot of credit to Chris because I just drew a series of illustrations that correspond to the to the somewhat chilling lyrics of the song windy, which I love very much uh and then Chris did some he was the page turner, he shot it, he figured out the lighting, he did the music editing, and everything he's very and in fact, the first draft I watched, and I was like. I'm, I'm sorry this is too scary <laughs> like it actually was too scary um, so we had to scale it back a little bit oh my but, god uh, scary, you know, scary. Um, oh and I would like to propose uh, yes. a new segment oh um, which is called I was wrong okay <laughs> and um and
0: okay, and okay. Received... as a tourist this is hard for me as a tourist yeah. this is hard
1: <laughs> We received uh, an Instagram message from a very kind Instagram user at IntoDavy. Who um, very gently, very non-aggressively, very kindly uh, noted that in the last episodes and in multiple other episodes in which I talk about Florida, um, I've been saying that Florida's waterbed is too high to bury people. I
0: just saw this message.
1: Instead of the water table. which
0: the water bed is too high
1: The concept of Florida's water bed being too high is the funniest thing the I thing can is, imagine.
0: The thing is every water bed is <laughs> ankle height. It is <laughs> the lowest. <laughs> I can't picture and they said unless it's a water bed up on, on stilts. stilts. <laughs> Haha.
1: Which I which thought is, was very funny. Would
0: be fun. I'd love to be in like a first class airplane where the seat goes totally flat and it's like a water bed. A water <laughs> seat. <laughs>
1: So that really is a moment in which the Florida public school education jumped out of me. Um,
0: Oh, no. Yeah. It should be called the (laughs) waterbed.
1: So it is the water table. The water table is too high. And you still can bury people in Florida. But I was double-checking with um, my brother Pete, who I mentioned in in the uh, last episode, and he said that what they would do is they would build crypts. Um, like concrete crypts and that when they would be excavated, they would just be filled with water, which that's very scary to me.
0: Oh, scary. scary I don't want to be me. dead and wet.
1: No, pick one. They're I will be alive hard. and wet. I will be dead and dry. Those are the only two options.
0: <laughs> Make me a mummy. Andrew and I deserve to be mummies.
1: I, know. I We really do. We really no. do.
0: Should we do like once it gets into June, should the summer just be Steven summer summer?
1: Oh, uh, Oh my God, Anna!
0: Yeah, Stephen yeah, Summer?
1: That is correct. I think instead of Urban Legisodes, let's do it's Stephen we'll Summer, Summer
0: Summer. Summer Stevens.
1: <laughs> I love that. <gasps> Would you guys be into that? Sound off. Is but, he okay? Is but he only cool? be nice.
0: Is, just, is anyone does has anyone ever walked dogs for him or something? Does anyone? Know? Yeah,
1: I hope he's cool. I mean, here's the deal. He has he has four movies that are kind of classic horror movies classic who um <laughs> i and i believe they're deep impact the mummy van helsing and the mummy returns and did he do the third one yes okay i well, then just
0: said yes without knowing if it was true. <laughs> didn't he also do scorpion
1: king oh maybe he did that would make sense
0: i just asked that with the affect of like christine bransky playing a horny neighbor in an 80s thing
1: <laughs> didn't um, he also do the scorpion king didn't yeah. he
0: also do the scorpion king <laughs>
1: yeah um oh Ina, I love that idea so much I think that's great
0: did you call me Ina
1: I did say Ina <laughs> I did and um I was wrong okay that's a follow
0: <laughs> and that concludes this season's episode of I was wrong okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ina, Anna is is uh a, like a, a better barefoot contessa
0: I am becoming Ina, more Ina I used an instapot three to four times this week um <laughs> Twelve percent correctly each time, and you know what each time i put in I put in um stuff, I put yeah. in groceries and food came out
1: important. It's really important it's when you put when you put groceries in an instapot, the food comes out. You know? It's
0: um like, do you know what I mean though? Like when you cook something according to a recipe that you've never made, or using some sort of new method, and then mm. it starts to smell like and taste like food.
1: Yeah, and then you're like, oh my god, I can't believe it worked. I'm a wizard who can turn groceries into <laughs> food. Sometimes I also don't believe recipes. It's like a flat earther. For- <laughs> like I'm like, yes! no, you know. I'm like,
0: I don't think I need to rinse it and pat it dry. <laughs> Go to hell.
1: Right. Or like, I think <laughs> I think I held off a long time. Every recipe is like put in half a cup of pasta water. And I'm like, I don't want my, I don't want this to be soup. And it took me a long time to believe that that I know, is true.
0: I know. I remembered to reserve pasta water a month ago and I had to immediately inform Jason's roommates that I remembered to reserve pasta water. And they did such an amazing <laughs> job of acting excited for me.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, as they should, that's a big step once you start saving pasta water. It's a lot. Uh, so it is a Wednesday.
0: It's a Wednesday.
1: Uh, and it is my turn to do an urban legisode. Oh wow, that I just had a full history teacher burp. You know that you just, one?
0: You just swallowed your nose. Yeah, yeah. when you're
1: like, <gasps> yeah, when it comes up, it's like in the middle of saying like teapot dome scandal, and then it's there. <laughs> um, you,
0: yeah, just for that burp, you suddenly were wearing a short sleeve button down <laughs> yes. with a tie.
1: You cannot wear a long sleeve button down and teach the children.
0: No,
1: um, unless okay, you're so- a band teacher. Not unless you're a band teacher, in which case it is a requirement.
0: You're going to roll them up.
1: (laughs) So um, we're going into part three of my mini-series in urban legislative territory of Icons of Hoor. Icons of Hoor. And this one, Anna, I was excited about, although then I regretted it because it really did actually scare me. Uh, The Icon of Hoor that I've (gasps) I've selected for today is the Boogeyman.
0: (gasps) Oh! Andrew.
1: Yeah, this one was fun. And this one, I also had to make some strict decisions about keeping it strictly to the Boogeyman because there are different cultural versions of the Boogeyman that I would also just want to do whole episodes about. But I'll make one exception within this episode, which you'll soon see. This
0: is the Mickey Mouse version of of the Boogeyman. We're not talking about Oswald the Rabbit. We're not talking about like – goofy like this is straight up boogie so in.
1: this this one really chilled me because a lot of the stuff i just didn't know and um there's some like anthropological things that i'm just very fascinated by uh the sources for this one just a heads up are mythology.net um an article in the new york times published in 2004 by william sapphire scary. uh the vintage scary the vintage news.com an article in scientific american by crystal da costa And also um, a medical article called Some Nightmares Are Real by Dr. Arif Akhtar. Here we go, baby. So the boogeyman is a mythical creature used by adults to frighten children into good behavior. Oh, also Wikipedia, (laughs) obviously. (laughs)
0: Did you write that?
1: No, this is the Wikipedia entry. Oh, great. Our Um, favorite book. Our favorite book. The Boogeyman has no specific appearance and conceptions vary drastically by household and culture, but is commonly depicted as a masculine or androgynous monster, tag yourself, um, that punishes (laughs) children for misbehavior.
0: The Lord knows it's me.
1: (laughs) Androgynous monster is uh, an episode of America's Next Top Model. (laughs) Um, I'm just
0: sad because I got the pixie, (laughs) and I just never had short hair even
1: when I was a baby.
0: I had pigtails when I came out.
1: The boogeyman or a somewhat related creature can be found in every culture. Boogeymen may target a specific act or general misbehavior depending on what purpose needs serving, often based on a warning from a child's authority figure. So even though um, very often the boogeyman has no specific appearance, in almost all iterations there is reference to the boogeyman being large and brutish with fangs, talons, and glowing eyes. Mm -hmm. However, particularly in uh, Europe, the boogeyman is almost always shrouded in bedsheets to hide his true form. Uh, Some versions give him bug-like qualities. Others depict him as a ghost or a shadow, but the most uniform quality that's like a dependable characteristic that you can always find in boogeymen uh, or boogie people is uh, shape-shifting. So, You're like, just
0: describing Billie Eilish. <laughs> I am. Oh,
1: Billie Eilish in, in the Bailey sheets. School Kids universe is like yes. uh, boogeymen don't appear on top 10 pop charts.
0: Yeah, just yeah, the the sheets to obscure their true form feels,
1: feels <laughs> Yeah. Like. Oh man. Um, so if we want to get into some etymology here. I
0: thought you were gonna say edamame and I was like I yeah.
1: I do want to get into some edamame here. No one
0: has ever said no, I don't wanna help with edamame.
1: <laughs> That's true. And in fact, sometimes if there's an option to have edamame instead of fries, I'll go with the edamame. Mm-hmm. Uh so the word Bogey or boogie is believed to be derived from Middle English bog or bug, which more means bog or bug. That's the be- <laughs> with the pronunciations here when we're talking about oh, root yeah. words. I'm just apologizing in advance. I don't know. Um, that means something frightening or scarecrow. Uh, it could be influenced in meaning by Old English bud, which is a word for beetle. <laughs> but this one's really interesting. Um, During the Black Plague, uh, there were people called buggy men who were the ones who would come around with a buggy and pick up your dead relatives. And they would often be old, sickly people themselves or older, big, sickly people themselves, often covered in a shroud (gasps) to hide boils and buboes that they would have gotten from the bubonic plague or whatever plague was in fashion at the time. So the
0: buggy men could be bug or boogemen with their yes. with their shrouds to cover their boils and their bobos.
1: Yes. <laughs> and their boobos. <laughs> and Anna, we haven't even gotten started. This is what's so creepy to me about the boogeyman, okay? Um, in Southeast Asia, the term boogeyman is supposedly supposed to come from the Boogies or the Buganese pirates, who were ruthless seafarers of southern Siwali, uh, Southern Sulawesi, Sulawesi, which is Indonesia's third largest island. And these pirates often plagued early English and Dutch trading ships of the British East India Company and Dutch East India Company. And while it's popularly believed that this resulted in, like, the whole European conception of the Boogeyman, it probably highly influenced, obviously, Indonesia and Holland. But um, there are references to the Boogeyman prior to this happening. Um, but then, what's even wilder is in Luo dialects in eastern Africa, the term "buogo" with a pronunciation that sounds like "buga" means to scare, uh, and and it doesn't even. It just keeps going. These are all of the various terms for boogeymen uh, in countries ranging from Scotland, Holland, uh, Wales, Serbia, the Czech Republic, Greece, oh, all over Ukraine. The place. And here's the list. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Bogle, Buziman, Boaman, Butziman, Busiman, Bomund, Buzimand, Bokan, Puka, Buga, uh, Puki, Bogu, Buka, Babe, Babaika, Bauk, Bobulus, Baubus, Bobo, Bubak, Bubak, Um uh, Pau Babulas, uh, Babao, Baban, Baubao, and Papu. Which all sound. Very similar, right? Which
0: we are to believe that the boogeyman is therefore real?
1: <laughs> well, and th- universal? Yeah, this is what's so interesting is that I mean this is what's like creepy about it being we we actually don't know where like the root exactly comes from of the boogeyman because also many of these different root words mean different things. Like um one of them one of them means like to take little bites. Like there's all these different root words yeah, for these things that are coming from different languages. Um yeah, I wish I had a had a better sense of uh um language tracing, but I thought that was just fascinating and very spooky.
0: Very spooky.
1: So um the American conception of the boogeyman really pops into the like cultural consciousness with the migration of Irish immigrants, which we've talked about several times, the idea of a nursery bogey. Mm-hmm. That becomes to that begins to be a big thing. Uh where especially in cities where uh um Irish and German immigrants were going because there are a ton of German boogeymen. There are a ton of Irish boogeymen. They all kind of coalesced into one figure, and then they became like more widespread out of immigrant communities um, due to a serial killer named Albert Fish, who I don't want to talk oh. a ton about. Is just a really it's just a really horrible, awful story. Um, he was a guy who took little kids into a house in Westchester and ate them and then would write letters to the parents about having eaten them. He um, kind of
0: He's kind of the first and the worst to a yes, lot of people. Yes, the first
1: and the worst. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, in newspapers at the time, was referred to as the Wisteria werewolf, the Brooklyn vampire, and also just quite simply the boogeyman.
0: I mean, uh, if the shoe fits.
1: If the shoe fits, which then, interestingly, then that becomes a thing where the boogeyman in the American um, – In like its American personification, also kind of gives way to the invention of like slashers from slasher films. Um, Michael Myers in the Halloween movie is referred to as the boogeyman by the children who see him. In the end, Jamie Jamie, Lee Curtis. Yeah, in the end, Jamie Lee Curtis is like, was that the boogeyman? And then the doctor's like, yes, that was the boogeyman. Uh, And then, of course, there's Freddy Krueger. Uh, yeah. Who is the the like big line of the movie is when the Nancy, the lead girl in that, is like I, I can remember Nancy. Why can't I remember? Is it Janie? Uh, everyone's gonna freak out and be so angry at us. Um, I think it's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Nancy says like, "Do you believe in the boogeyman?" Um, And that kind of gives way to this idea that the boogeyman is someone who appears in nightmares. Uh, which ties into sleep paralysis sleep paralysis which we've also covered pretty extensively yeah. um on the podcast but Wes Craven who directed uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was inspired by uh this true story that led to <gasps> this to, that led to the idea behind Nightmare on Elm Street uh and the true story is that um he had read an article in the LA Times about a family who had escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And things were fine, and then suddenly the young son was having very disturbing nightmares. He told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him, so he tried to stay awake for days at a time. Mm-hmm. When he finally fell asleep, his parents thought his crisis was over. Then they heard screams in the middle of the night, and by the time they got to him, he was dead. He died in the middle of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. He was a youngster having a vision of a horror that everyone older was denying. And that became the central line of Nightmare on Elm Street. No. So this is a medical condition called SONS, which is uh, Sudden Nocturnal Death Syndrome. Oh my God. And this was not specific to just one kid. This occurred amongst particularly East Asian immigrants in the late 70s, early ni- uh, 80s in America, primarily a group known as the uh, Hamans. And uh, here is an excerpt from um, this L.A. Times article that kind of uh, goes into it. So in 1981, the Centers for Disease Control began tracking a mysterious rash of sudden unexplained nocturnal deaths occurring in apparently healthy male immigrants from Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. The problem, unknown in other ethnic groups, has now claimed more than 104 men averaging 33 years of age and one woman, according to Dr. Gib Parish, a CDC medical epidemiologist. 98% of the deaths occurred between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. In 1981, the peak year of these deaths, 26 men, often among refugees from the highlands of northern Laos, died in their sleep. Usually the victims were simply found dead, but when medics arrived quickly, the men's hearts were fibrillating or contracting wildly—a symptom, Parish said, may result from numerous possible causes. So, a little bit of background on the Hmong, which I again I looked at pronunciation of. If I'm getting I think it wrong, it's Hmong. Yes. Oh, you're right. You're right. It is Hmong. Um. So the Hmong people uh, of Laotian origin who had fought for the Americans uh, during the CIA war – or no, during the Vietnam war. Oh.
0: Andrew. Uh, no, no,
1: no. Sorry. I just – I skipped Ooh. a sentence. Um, no, we this like- This happened through CIA funding. Yikes. Yay. I feel the laser pointer on me head. <laughs> um, it's on me head. It's on me head. But when the US left, these people were abandoned to fend for themselves. And as the Laotian government fell under communist rule, the Hmong became targets of the regime. This forced them to flee under risk of death or worse if they were imprisoned in re-education camps. Uh, And some of those who fled ended up in the United States, most in California. Mm. So all of these Hmong cases of sons were, like before, almost all men. There was just one woman who died. Um, uh, The median age was 33, but the ages ranged from 25 to 44. They were all very recent arrivals, um, no longer than a year and a half. Um, I think the average was like uh, 14 months. Um, They all died or at least became seriously unwell during sleep, not like beforehand uh, while they were waking. And there were no obvious abnormalities found during autopsy. Um, So... Uh, A thought behind this immediately is like, well, these are, you know, these are symptoms of, uh, sleep paralysis, very stressful nightmares, um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, these things can happen and sons happens often as a, as a thing that's triggered by stress. Um, but again, these are all healthy young men for the most part with no medical problems. And, uh, and, you know, even though it was a particularly stressful time because the, the Hmong refugees had all these hardships like language barriers and employment problems and uh, changing generational and gender rules and also survivor guilt and trauma-induced emotional and psychological disorders, you know? Right. Um, and these changes all affected them in varying ways. But Hmong men in particular had their roles very significantly altered. I mean, they were suddenly in this completely new culture where uh, it was difficult to adapt right away. Um, and the added thing, though, was that a very weird commonality in all these deaths is that many of the men, their spouses, their parents, uh, you know, their loved ones reported that they were setting alarm clocks throughout the night so as not to fall into too deep of a sleep. Oh my god, the horror. And this was because there is this kind of cultural context behind this, which might sound familiar because of Freddy Krueger. But um, in interviews with refugees, it became clear that many Hmong feared that the ancestor spirits who protected them from harm in Laos would be unable to travel across the ocean to the United States oh, no. and thus could not shield them from spiritual dangers. Oh, no. Typically, traditional Hmong beliefs contain a form of what's called spiritual panpsychism, which is the idea that all things have a consciousness or spirit. Yeah. Um, and and that that positive spirits, protector spirits, are often associated with the land you were born on, where you're from, your, your things, uh, items that are passed down to you. Mm. Uh and oh, let me skip ahead. Uh but some evil spirits could occasionally tag along with you. One called the Dacho, which falls under a category of both sleep paralysis uh and just in general scary things called like the old hag, which very often uh people who see uh scary figures during sleep paralysis see like a old crone or old woman. Tag yourself. Tag yourself. And, and again, this, like, this was a way of processing sleep paralysis because this was an old woman who would um, uh, sit on your chest and try to strangle you, which is yes. like classic sleep paralysis move. Uh, at least once a year, those evil spirits must be fed – if someone forgets to feed them, then they will come back to disturb you. So either all of this stress is contributing to nightmares and sleep paralysis that are uh, circulating around this da Cho character, um, and then the problem is is that why why suns happens is often because you're not getting enough sleep. There's a tremendous amount of stress on your heart. Your body can't say. recharge.
0: I wondered how much was because of the lack of sleep because that really can fuck you up.
1: And that's – and I think that's like right now it seems at least from the articles that I've read and certainly maybe people out there with better medical journal knowledge than I have uh, would say different. But it seems like the general consensus is that um, this is because these men were not getting enough sleep. They were not experiencing any REM cycles to avoid having any sort of dreams. Uh, and they were, they were like set alarms every hour in like 10 minutes, which I think an REM can be found every like 30 minutes or every hour in 30 minutes. Um, but I think what's so scary about that, obviously, is that at a certain point, if you believe in a thing enough – that it can hurt you, you know, like yeah. Um, which there is this. There's this great article in Scientific American about the value of of, of boogeymen and like why we have them. And apparently, in in our childhood brain development, from the ages of like two to three, in particular, it's really important that um, abstract ideas get put into like totems or physical things, you mm-hmm. know. So, it's like that's kind of around the time that people really establish a connection to a stuffed animal, which is like to experience comfort when I can't be with my parents or family, I have this thing that represents comfort that then, like, triggers the part of my brain that is comfort. And the concept of danger or fear or scariness in the abstract, a child can't process. And they need something to, like, focus on. And either that's a thing that, that someone else creates Or it's a thing that they create in their own head. And that um, this child psychologist who's interviewed in the article says, like, it's better to introduce a boogeyman to be afraid of so that then that's where that goes in your early development. And then your parents can say, like, but that's not real. Like, you will experience that feeling, and that is a real feeling, but you, you, you have some agency. Like, you don't have to be afraid of this thing. Yeah, which I just thought was interesting. Oh, also just a funny thing, you know, like the association with boogeyman, with like being in closets and coming out of closets. That is an American invention because uh, as there was more money in a rising middle class, more people could afford to have closets.
0: More people could afford to have more stuff than they need.
1: (laughs) I know, know, which I just thought was so funny. That's like, that's kind of um, uh, a monster created from the rising middle class. (laughs) Also, the Costco demon, <laughs> the bourgeoisie man. <laughs> that was good, Andrew. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was I. And again, I, like in my research, there are virtually hundreds upon hundreds of boogeymen, men, boogie women, boogie beings. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you wow. <laughs> and and I'm excited to touch on all of them, but I thought it would be helpful to start from the source. There's also, I think, in. Um, uh in Spanish folklore, something called Coco or Coco, which Goya has a famous painting of that's in the Brooklyn Museum, called like Here Comes the Boogeyman, and it is one of the scariest images. Um, it's a mother, it's a mother holding her babies cowering as a huge uh shrouded figure is like looming over her. It's very scary. <gasps> oh,
0: scary. Yeah, do
1: you see it? Ugh.
0: Yes, what does it say? Que viene el toco. Or coco. Yeah.
1: Let me see. I remember seeing it there, I think. Very spooky.
0: El coco. Yeah, that's oh, coco, coco, the movie. Yeah.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, um, there's also a whole subset of sack men, which oh. are just scary men who come and take your kids and put them in a big sack.
0: <laughs> kids love to be in sacks. Look, they're, they're always doing p- pillow, sac- pillow sack races. Oh, no. What are they called? I don't... Hold on. Because the salt's <laughs> coming off of my rim, and then I have to lick the salt off the rim. And I can't have that. I haven't mowed this lawn.
1: <laughs> Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in, and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Mdu Mokhtar.
0: I was just looking um, at the the art website um, for Ya Viene El Coco. It says, the mother's expression contrasts with those of her children. She smiles in gratitude and appreciation. Goya is criticizing the common practice of using fear to keep children well-behaved. Wow. Um, the print also contains a spelling error, as Goya spells Viene with a, a V, the Spanish verb for to come, incorrectly. There's a common mistake due to similarity in sounds between the Spanish B and V. He corrected it later.
1: Oh. Uh, in wow. later editions
0: of the print. Oh, I thought it was gonna be on purpose to like, <laughs> show that you're they're dumb or something. But
1: I'd like to know that typos existed back then.
0: A written typo for in art of yeah. ghost for me oh. is very nice.
1: Have you ever spelled your name wrong? Because I sure have.
0: Every day of my life. <laughs> uh, I've your i been Pamela. Ann, I'm Ann Ann all day. <laughs>
1: Are you arndu? How do you get it? <laughs> um I think I've I've mostly I used to have this problem as a kid. It wasn't it wasn't quite dyslexia, but um I would my my dad used to call us by our like backwards names sometimes and my name Ooh. backwards is Wordna Naknud Remraf. And sometimes I would sign in. <laughs> I'm one, so sorry. One more time. Uh, my name backwards is Wordna Naknud Remraf. <laughs> Remraf. Remraf. And sometimes I would sign in, in like first grade, Andy would be correct and then Remraf. Just because I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Which they'd be like, Andy what's Re- happening?
0: Andy Remraf was much more of a scoundrel than you ever will
1: be. <laughs> Yeah, that was my boogeyman version. That was my Andy Remraff,
0: Andy Remraf always has a fresh set of stitches.
1: <laughs> in the same place, he keeps hitting his head in the same keeps,
0: place. He can't duck.
1: Anna, were you someone who had like a boogeyman or boogey person? Like
0: I had like vague fears of a ghost in my basement. We've talked about that, right. which is like as original as having bangs. Um, uh yeah, just sort of fears of like uh I think I wanted there to be a ghost more than I thought there was a ghost. Yeah, oh, oh
1: sure, Classic. Um
0: I think Ladybird might have a boogeyman though.
1: I I know her nightmare.
0: She she has nightmares and she also um she'll have a couple seizures a year. And they always happen when she's in REM sleep. <gasps> Almost always at night. Sometimes they'll be when it's dark outside. When she's taking boogeyman. a nap. A nap at like six thirty. Uh, in the evening are you looking up dog boogeyman?
1: I am I'm, I I Ooh. mean it's funny again as a freudian thing I I was about to google barky man <laughs> <laughs> which I'm really sorry Andrew I'm so sorry I don't you're know you're
0: so smart you no, know when you're my- making a a brain slip but Barky man are you kidding me? You just did Barky man on accident. That is I did Barky insane.
1: man. He's Andrew. a real Barky man. Um oh okay God, let's see bless dog you. Boogeyman uh, I mean, that's the thing. I We've talked about that dogs probably don't have creative dreams, but that they're all about things from their past.
0: That's what um, I've heard. Yeah, that it's their memories instead of us being like, oh, it was this thing that could happen.
1: Okay, I'm seeing – what I'm primarily seeing is a thing called the Boogeyman Syndrome, which is about um, uh, dog phobias. And it's about oh. not – don't have a toy that – don't like bring out a toy that scares your dog because you like oh. seeing him scared because that ge- that like gives this thing a lot of power
0: oh wait what thing the toy like
1: um i remember the warrens used to their the warrens dog john um cosmo uh they had this big squeaky log and cosmo was terrified of it like and and we when we were little we used to like squeak it to like see him freak out and then gradually yeah. i think we are you know our d- empathy sharpened we were like oh wait this is cruel to do to the dog but we just had to, like they just had to kind of get rid of that toy um
0: but it that scaring the dog made the toy more powerful?
1: That like if you if cuz because dogs are all about like connections to like instinct uh, connections to physical objects, you know? Yes. And if something is like a toy, like when you when you pick up like a spray bottle and a dog runs away, you know, it means it was like sprayed. Um that if it's like a toy, then a dog becomes untrust like doesn't mistrustful of you know, toys, like things that are supposed to be fun and Got it like it. doesn't understand. Um, also, this has a whole section about vacuum cleaners, which is interesting.
0: Oh, my God. Why they scare them so much?
1: Yeah, which is that um, it's like a semi-unfamiliar thing that is brought out occasionally <laughs> um, and that makes a very loud, startling noise. Got it. Um, it that, that's also like on their level and and it mimics this is very funny it mimics aggressive uh canine movement which is like oh yeah like low to ground like approaching receive like retreating approaching <laughs> retreating
0: we can all agree that a vacuum is a rude dog <laughs> oh i now found a website that said that um dogs that twitch and move more in their sleep are either puppies or old and now I'm sad because I think that means that Ladybird's older
1: oh no no she's not she doesn't not. move a
0: lot she just twitches it's she's not like in she's her like prime. running around Yeah. I've definitely known older dogs who would like get up and start to run
1: right you sleep. know that video of the dog that's having a nightmare and he sleep runs into a wall
0: yes I, oh, I, let's I, say I,
1: it makes me sad but it also makes me laugh but it makes me sad um oh oh I was talking to my brother, by the way, uh, uh-huh. in reference to our last episode about him having to be there for those exhumations, and he reminded oh me God. that around this time that this was happening, he um, w- like, he and my brother, Matt, were both in town, and uh, they were sleeping in, like, a room with two twin beds, and, and Pete woke up and looked out the window towards the patio in the pool and started, like, laughing and kind of shaking his head – and that was like, what are you looking at? And Pete said, "Don't you see them?" And that was like, "What?" And Pete said, "The skeletons."
0: Oh, <laughs> which my is hard
1: Pete. information Pete? to receive. Pete. God bless.
0: Oh my god on earth.
1: God bless and keep you.
0: <laughs> the skeletons.
1: <laughs> the skeletons. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, we we're, we're oh. a well-meaning but spooky family.
0: You really are. My our,
1: Against our better nature.
0: It's in your DNA to look out a window and be like, there's a ghost. (laughs) I can't believe that. So that's my research for the Boogeyman. Thank you, Andrew. Oh, my God. Good research. Do you believe that you have a boogeyman or do you just want one? Um,
1: well, I, I don't think I had one for a long time. I think mine was sort of late in life. I've talked I've, – I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I had a very – what must have been a sleep paralysis nightmare when I was 10. And it was just after I had had a, a major surgery on my feet and I hadn't been able to you know walk for six months. And then I broke my back on a roller coaster on my 10th birthday and then we gave away my dog and then my family moved to Florida and this all happened within like four days.
0: It was on your birthday too. Yeah.
1: Ish, <laughs> it was hard. Right? It was, it was on my birthday. Not the back break day. was on my birthday. Uh, our dog was, our dog was given you, away.
0: When you woke up from surgery was when you were informed that you were moving and that your dog was being given away. No. Or so the, the surgery, the spoken?
1: surgery came beforehand and okay. then there was like a recovery process of like six months. And then um, we, we took, like one of the first days I could walk again, we went to Candyby Lake Park I went on the the Yankee cannonball, immediately broke my back, but I didn't know. I was a kid. Also, I could like still walk and move around. So I was like, I'm fine. We had a whole rest of the day. Sleepover. The next day my legs were kind of numb. No. <laughs> my my parents took me. <laughs> no. My parents took me to our doctor. The doctor was like, Oh, his back is broken. And they were like, Oh, okay. And then they put me in a back brace. I already had leg splints, leg oh. splints plus back brace. On our drive back, my parents were like, "Okay, um, we are moving to Florida tomorrow, and when we do get back home, we're giving away Grit." which...
0: Tomorrow, yes.
1: Um, and I didn't even cry. I really was like, "What? No, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> like, I can't take all this." And we got back. We gave it. Yeah, I've, I've talked about this. We gave we gave the dog away. It was Grit was
0: renamed Rainbow.
1: Grit was renamed Rainbow. Um, <laughs>
0: Grit became gay. Grit
1: became gay. We're
0: moving to Florida tomorrow, and your dog is. Gay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, you know, look no further if you're looking for the origin of my sexuality. I mean, there it is, right? <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, then we moved to Florida. I mean, in my parents' defense, they the house sold immediately. They thought it was going to take like a year, so they they'd yes. have time. And also, the how we were like staying in a friend's house, and they were like, we don't want to take a dog with us i i still maintain like they could have just said we're gonna our friends are gonna watch the dog for a while
0: i think the idea of dog sitting is a very 2010s idea
1: that is a good point yeah that is in 99 in 97 that was not the the concept of dog sitting was not so common
0: no it was either a, a dog was like a I don't, what do i say a dog was a sandwich you can't just park it somewhere <laughs> for a while you either eat it or you give it to someone else.
1: Yeah, dog is dog is uh kale salad. In the 90s people were like, that no, no, no. That's that's to decorate food at a buffet. You don't that's eat it. That's for weirdos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's to put bagels on.
1: Yeah, but I so I had, sorry, that was a long lead up to um I had on our first night in our new house in Florida, my before my first day of school, I had this really traumatic nightmare about um, a boogeyman who I called Potato Sack Man, yes. who was like a tall, gangly, skeletal uh, man who was wearing blood-soaked tennis shoes and was naked except for a potato sack that like went to just above his knee. And when he moved, his bones clicked and popped and I could never see his face, which is a very common thing for sleep paralysis and boogeyman in general is like Having a conception of the shape of the thing and very specific qualities, but not being able to describe what the face looks like, Ooh. and um, and yeah, and, and the th- so I had the, that really traumatic nightmare, and then from that point forward, it was not a recurring nightmare, but in otherwise completely unrelated dreams, potato sack man would pop up, or like just be in the background, kind of unremarkably, sort of like Bigfoot style walking in the background, clacking around, yeah, click clacking around, and um, and then it got so bad that my my. My parents. I think I've told this story too, mm-hmm. but oh well. They're you know we're eighty-two it's episodes. It's good. It's good. My parents took me to a, a therapist to talk about uh, nightmares and to kind of like get that out. But the therapist's office was so scary. He had it was like a very dim office, and there were all of these little troll sculptures that were like oh. probably two or three feet tall, like peeking around corners and from under coffee tables. And I thought maybe that was like in retrospect it's like oh maybe that's like a tactic to be like did you see those scary things? well they're not scary. well we never brought them up. i mean it honestly could be a situation where the therapist is then like i didn't see any trolls. but um no. he was like so tell me about your nightmare and then i told him the whole nightmare and truly i could see in his face that he had gotten paler and he was like wow that's really scary. <laughs> and then he was like okay well that's it for t- that's it for today. i look forward to talking more about it and then I was sort of like oh I don't know that this will work. Um but
0: then your mom had you draw them, right? Yes,
1: yeah, so then this was the so then my mom um was finally like okay, here's the deal you're going to draw these these this boogeyman and all other things that scare you in their scariest iteration. Like mm-hmm. don't hold back, make them as scary as possible. And then we went in the backyard and burned them and I really I didn't have those oh like God. nightmares from that point forward which is kind of wild
0: your mom is a powerful catholic wit
1: <laughs> she really is it is that uh, yeah it is funny i mean she like she definitely has a um, she loves a ritual she's you know? so
0: good at making things special like she's good at holidays but then also sometimes like she just was it for good friday that she like Oh no! It's uh, on Christmas Eve. There's like candles
1: and everyone's. Oh, uh, the uh, winter solstice. We winter weren't solstice? allowed to use that's electricity, right. and yeah, oh. and there, we had equinox celebrations and solstice celebrations. And,
0: My God, see, yeah, Catholic like observant Catholic women who do good in the community are also <laughs> witches. Sometimes
1: that's true. I just why it's people
0: like, don't trust nuns.
1: Right, why, right. It's that sort pre- of um. What's the word? There's when you look at the like chaotic good or like law abiding yes. blah blah. Um, yeah, my mom is kind of a chaotic good um, yes. spirit of like she is. She is a very devout Catholic person, yes. and also she loves she loves a holiday. She loves a ritual. She loves the seasons. Yeah, um, yeah, and and nature. Oh, Andrew, that rocks. Yeah, yeah. So so um, that was my boogeyman. Yeah, send us in if you had your own particular boogeyman or boogie person.
0: Yeah, either nighttime or sleep time. Yeah. Um, I definitely had it's nothing as near as like epic and cinematic as yours, but like <laughs> I I had chase dreams for a long time. Oh yeah and i dreamt about being chased either by aliens or zombies or one time it was a murderer who looked a lot like one of my uncles
1: oh no you
0: know what i have a lot of uncles it's nothing personal uh if if you're white and in your 50s guess what you look like one of my uncles and um but he, it would, it wasn't him it was somewhere between arnold schwarzenegger and one of my uncles who like to be fair was an actor like when he was younger and like just he is castable you know yeah um and it was just that he was holding a big knife and walking Ah. it was always in a bigger version of my house or my friend diana kramer's house oh um that had like much more up and downstairs a little bit like the winchester mystery house
1: oh yeah no exactly
0: and there was a party with like 45 people in the house in all different areas and it was he was chasing me through and people either were also running away from him or they were just having the party Whoa. as I was like scrambling through and like trying to find hiding places and like going through crawl spaces and like, <gasps> yeah, just going into a room that looked like it was closed and going through a small window into a bathroom into like uh, underneath the cabinet. Oh, and then there was like so a scary. slide from under the cabinet to outside the house. And then he was outside the house. And
1: Anna, uh, what's crazy is this is ringing a bell in my research that one of the boogeymen of Germany. No,
0: no, no It's called. no. No.
1: The bad uncle. Andrew. <laughs> Which is like a trope.
0: Andrew. Isn't that crazy? I'm German. <laughs> I can't have this. No, no.
1: Yeah. But this you know, is it's, like. <laughs> no. Okay. This, this is just who do you think you are on PBS, but the spooky version.
0: I know. And I'm like, and we were Jews who escaped the Holocaust. And the person's <laughs> like, actually. Um. <laughs> you were nazis who told their children that they were jewish. Oh, no. Like the opposite of the opposite of british jews telling their kids they were christian. They were like, "Oh, you were nazis who told their kids they were Jews and Just then you
1: escaped." A psychological torture. <laughs> um, um, oh, oh my man. god, the
0: bad uncle. It makes sense though. It's like a man adjacent. It's not your dad. Right. But it is a man that you know.
1: And also, like, if you're a kid and and the only people you're seeing are your family, then, like, that's going to enter your subconscious. And this thing that you're going to see at night has to, like, absorb some qualities of someone you see.
0: Yeah. And, like, it's someone who could come into your house but frequently doesn't.
1: Right. Oh, that's so scary.
0: The bad uncle.
1: I know. It has. He has, like, a a funny name, but I forget. It's, like, bad uncle or evil uncle or the, the mean uncle. Oh whoa.
0: I mean it is oh boy. I'm just finding a lot of weird yeah, indie there,
1: films. There's some real rough there's some real rough um <laughs> translations of of some of these characters that are like, no.
0: Yeah. One is from a film studio called Pure Taboo. Uh
1: oh, nope. Which avoid
0: <laughs> seems different. Avoid, avoid, abort, aboard, abort. Oh boy.
1: Oh wow. Well,
0: it was recent. Um anyway. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think people. I don't think the youth should make films anymore.
0: <laughs> I don't think young people should be in films.
1: Film is an old man's game and an old. <laughs> I was gonna say an old woman's game, but I think an old woman's game sounds a lot of fun.
0: Oh, the evil uncle. Um. Yeah, I. I think uh, a movie should be forty men, eight <laughs> horses, and a dog. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Yeah. Yeah. I boogeymen are. Boogeymen are, you know, this is a hot take, but they're scary.
0: They're, that is a hot take. And you know what? We're going to get some wild. I know. We're going to get some wild emails. But, People are going to um, pop
1: off and I'm just going to feel okay with that.
0: Oh, the evil uncle. Yeah. yeah from Luxembourg.
1: Yeah, Luxembourg. That's scary.
0: it. Scary. The <laughs> other one is the hook man.
1: Yeah. What's De it? The Yeah, that's it. The cropperman.
0: He lives in the sewerage and uses his hook to catch children by the nose if they stand too close to a storm drain.
1: Oh. Oh, <gasps> Hello, it. it 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 Pennywise,
0: Pennywise.
1: Um, Stephen King also wrote a short story called The Boogeyman, which is very scary. Scary. I believe it's currently in development to be made into a horror movie by the by two horror movie writers that had a big hit recently, and I can't remember who, but it's okay. Oh,
0: it was a horror movie.
1: Horror movie.
0: The same people who made The Bad Uncle. Yeah. Um, I do love Stephen King's short stories. His book of short stories, Everything's Eventual, I got when I was suckered into like a scam book club. Oh yeah. <laughs> remember that when you would like the bread and six books of a scam for book two club. cents. <laughs> um, but I, I ordered that was one of my books that I do believe I got my money's worth. And it, so many of those stories are so scary that I just stared at the ceiling for many
1: nights. So I if know. you're looking
0: to have your ass spooked, yeah. might we recommend Stephen King?
1: <laughs> I had the same, I had the same one. I went a cabin that my family would go to in the summer, had a Stephen King book of short stories. And one of them was called suffer the little children. Ugh. And it was off it was so scary and it was about a, a old elementary school teacher who'd been doing it for a long time and gradually she realizes that one of the students is turning into a bug and oh. is infecting the other students to turn them into bugs and it's oh just no. very scary.
0: Don't do this, please children.
1: children don't become bugs
0: and and out
1: and out yeah she'd oh be great God. in the film version of that. <gasps> Wow.
0: God, just put her in everything.
1: Casting ideas abound. Um, Anna, should we do something spooky that happened to us this week?
0: That's a good call. Um, Do you want... Oh, no, I have one. Okay, good, good. Um, There's like a hedge outside, like a weird planted... It's somewhere... It looks like a weed, but on purpose, and there's flowers involved. (laughs) Yep. Um, There's like these little purple-blue flowers, and... Something scary about that is that they're covered in spiders and aphids. (gasps) Do you know aphids? I do. The little greenies. Yeah, Yeah. little greenies. But then like, I can't tell if it's from like baby spiders molting or what, but there's also a bunch of teeny tiny um, white like spider skeletons it looks like. And they're the size of like somewhere between a poppy seed and a sesame seed like they're tiny oh my god but they are crammed into (gasps) this thing and it's like a 15 foot wide planter and i was looking at it and was like someone needs to get ladybugs in here (laughs) because ladybugs eat aphids and i was like they're having a damn party no one is stopping them um I don't begrudge the aphids, they're fun. I just think that in nature there should be balance. Mm-hmm. And we were talking to my parents on the phone on Mother's Day and I was, I had seen on Instagram that somebody purchased ladybugs for their garden. And as I was looking, I saw, I was like, some, we should just go and get some ladybugs. And then I saw a red dot and I was like, that's either some sort of disgusting fungus or a ladybug. <laughs> and then I saw another red dot and then there were just all these ladybugs out of nowhere. What You willed it. I have been in LA long enough to say the following sentence. I manifested ladybugs.
1: <laughs> I would love if that happened. was your superpower.
0: They do look brand new, so like I could see if somebody purchased them from a garden center, which I think usually you purchase them in like a frightening amount, like two hundred.
1: Right. <laughs> but
0: they they don't You're have like the I can't spots eat all of them. these. Uh, I'm not even hungry, <laughs> and Lord knows I can't have people over. <laughs> Um, but anyway, that was a little. The spookiness was the bugs, and then also just sort of the the power of the human mind.
1: Yeah, you're um like a fire starter or ladybugs, ladybug starter. <laughs>
0: I'm ladybug starter. <laughs> it's a seven minute long movie, and ends with me telling two friends about it.
1: <laughs> um, oh, that's what, a good what banana. Was, what, okay.
0: What's what's scary that happened to you?
1: Mine is. Um, I had a problem for a while where I, I think this was mostly when I lived in New York. I feel like I chewed a lot more gum in New York. And uh, I would forget that there was gum in my mouth. And I am a person who, as I'm sure you have already been able to guess, even if this is the first episode you're listening to, I am a person who gasps a lot. And um, very often, it's I would true. forget that I had gum in my mouth, and I'd be like, <gasps> and then I'd cough my gum up. And I hadn't, um, <laughs> I haven't had gum in so long because we haven't left the house, and so it's weird to chew gum in your home. I think. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. Good point. I, I'm, I'm expressing that thought for the first time, but I do stand by it uh i think people are gonna respond to it but i found i my my go-to gum was always orbit sweet mint and um i found a pack in my backpack and i popped in a a, a stick of gum and i had so forgotten how gum worked that i forgot that i had it in my mouth and i saw i saw something that shocked me and i gasped and i choked on my gum and i did have a moment where i was like the indignity of dying from choking on my gum mid-pandemic,
0: no, would be. We don't
1: do this. I couldn't. I can't do it. I know. I know my death will be something insane, but the gum, the gum during a pandemic, I can't do.
0: No, I would hate that for you.
1: <laughs> I know, because you know, people would have to bring it up and be like, "Well, <sighs> yeah,
0: too, I guess stay away from gum."
1: Well, we hope He's, you all are being careful with your gum.
0: We hope you're being careful with your gum. We hope you are having sweet dreams or neutral dreams or at least like chaotic good dreams. <laughs> People are having much wilder dreams during the pandemic, which I think we've already mentioned. Um, that's
1: yeah, yeah, because you're so starved for um, context, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's why I had my chase dreams in high school is because I I would go to school and my activities, I'd see my boyfriend in the hallway, and then go to my house. <laughs> <And> my <laughs> My brain was like, ah!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. That's true. That's true. Well, find new ways to get your brain stimulated this week, everybody. Um, Give your nightmares a break.
0: Give it a break. You know what? Get those those diamond glue things. The diamond glue paint.
1: That's right. Oh, that's a great idea.
0: Which looks unbelievably
1: boring, but... (laughs) Maybe Um, do that. Hey, and we have one other option that you could do. Get Get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.